Okay, thank you, Father, for this day, for this beautiful morning, for the gorgeous sunrise that you provided for us. And we just thank you, Father, for just everything you do. We thank you for the um, challenges. We thank you for growth. And we thank you, Father, for your heart that always desires for us to succeed. Um, we just praise you and love you. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So we have um, been encouraged to focus on being in the presence of God and having his presence established in and throughout every aspect of our lives and in his kingdom here on earth. It is something that we should not take for granted, but actively pursue with gusto. That feel-good feeling of being in his presence is only the surface of his objective and desire not only for us, but also for his kingdom. What do you hear? I hear it too. He desires intimate relationship with his people where they will welcome and know his heart. This requires our continual turning to his face, to be face to face with him in intimate commune, so intimate that we are one with him in faithfulness, timing, and agenda. As I was praying about what I was supposed to study for this teaching, God was talking to me about how the enemy is not only focusing on the world, but how he really hates our persistence in pressing forward and our godly purpose, both personally and um, corporately as our, our network of saints. He was sharing with me that we have to be prepared to do battle and also that we need to avoid becoming the victim. Basically, we cannot become spiritually injured or killed. So the first scripture that he put in my heart was, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. <laughs> and so that's James 4.8. And this word, um, draw nigh, is an igzo. And... It speaks of to come or to make near, to be at hand, approach, to draw out, on, up. And igzo comes from angus, angus, from a primary verb, akcho. I know I'm butchering all these. <laughs> Which means to squeeze, throttle, near, literal or figurative, to a place in time. And is kin to angali, angali, which is arm, bend, or curve the arm to a point where it is aching. So this to draw nigh is to lay down everything that we are carrying that is a distraction, a burden, or a stoppage point. We must be spiritually and mentally prepared to spend the time that is required and needed by Father, soaking up what he is doing within and around us. It is essential that we allow him to permeate our spirit, which will result in deeper intimacy with him and revelation of those hidden truths. When we draw nigh unto him, there is greater expansion, greater provision, and greater effectiveness. We, won't, we don't set a prayer time when we enter into this type of encounter with God. Drawing near to him and being alone with him in his presence is the only thing that we notice. We may not even be aware of the time or the surroundings. 
our only focus will be on him and to remain in his presence until he directs otherwise. In other words, we are fully, we are all in, fully committed to, com to our com commune with him until he tells us differently. So this was really um, enlightening to me, and I can see how these definitions fit into this time with him and how the enemy may want to interfere, going back to that bend in the arm and ache, and uh, the squeezing and the throttle, which can, you know, the squeezing of God is great, but the squeezing of the enemy is not always so great. <laughs> so um, that's, that's how I got started, and then God led me to uh, Luke 18, 35 through 43, unless somebody has something they want to say. Okay. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth, passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they, which went before, rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt, that, what wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. So in, in verse 35, here we have Jesus following exactly what the Father had been, was telling him to do. We know he was always so close to Father that he knew and fulfilled exactly what God intended for him. Jesus was always ready to faithfully do what God ordained from the foundation of the world. And we have the blind man sitting by the wayside. He was also doing what he was called to do. He was steadfastly committed to that place until he received sight. He was looking ahead to see, no pun intended, ready for what was to be developed in him. <laughs> <laughs> in his spirit he knew that God had a purpose for him and he was fully determined to sit kathemai, unwilling to move from that place until he received sight God had an impact on him and he would live the rest of his life as God had always intended begging is prosateo and pros is uh, forward to, toward, pertaining to, looking ahead. And we know that ateo is asking the Father about our mission. And this happens during our intercession before his throne. He is speaking to us about what he wants to do, and it impacts us with his burden. It's a planning session with God for those who serve in obedience and have a relationship devoted to him. And we respond this is what God wants, this is what he is doing, and this is what I want too. This asking in this scripture 
um, was actually with the blind man was um, an inquiry. It's not a teon. To question what he wasn't able to see. He heard the commotion and wanted to know what was going on. You know, and I was I was really thinking and praying about this because I was thinking maybe at this point, he, even though he desired that relationship, and he but he didn't have one, so maybe he didn't really understand everything that was going on. Because we know that as those that have a relationship, that we do not listen. <laughs> to the others, but that's something that we seek out for ourselves. And um, so when he heard the commotion, he asked what was going on, because physically he couldn't see. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, which is par Urkamai. And he cried, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they, which went before, rebuked him, telling him to hold his peace. To me, even though this man couldn't see with his physical eyes, he knew that there was more to his life and he wanted to be restored. He had an expectation of something important, that something important was to come. So this is what Urkamai is, um, is about. He cried out. He shouted with anticipation, knowing that Jesus had come and was close. Even though he was told to be quiet, he cradzoed even louder. His cry was heartfelt and passionate. He was ready and needed to accept his purpose. Nothing was going to prevent him from allowing Jesus to restore him to who God intended him to be. Isn't that the kind of passion that we want? <laughs> Nothing will stop us from crying out to God for our lives and what he wants for us. In verse 40, um, so actually 40 through 43 is what I'm going to be talking about. So you see that that come near is that Engidzo word. And um, Jesus stood in his place of authority, and by the urging of his words, the man came near. He drew himself to Jesus, where he surrendered himself and entered into that intimate all in encounter in the presence of God. Jesus inquired of him, what do you want? The man's deepest desire was to know the Father and to always invest himself in the secret things of God's heart. He wanted to have a relationship of partnership where Father would continually reveal his hidden truths. Through wholehearted fellowship and vulnerability, God gave gifts gives us sight and shares his heart, speaking those vital things from that hidden place. It is a continual walk in faith. When we hear from the right hand and obey what God says from his throne, and then obedient, obediently partner with him, we are sozoed. This man was made free from, his, from limitations and bondage and the ability to choose to walk in new, new beginnings. Emphasis on the word choose. The presence of God is all around us. He always gives us our choice to draw nigh to him. With every natural breath we take, there is an opportunity for us to interact with his presence. We know that this requires dying daily and investing ourselves to the things that God desires.
I, I just think it's so interesting because that word that you've used there for you've shown us there for sight and a and a blood blepo or whatever it is and a blepo yeah that's probably not how you say it um, <laughs> talks about recovering an ability so this guy recognized that 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 was the intent that was God's intent mm-hmm. for him to have spiritual insight right with the Father and and so he wanted that. Even though he didn't have it, he wanted it reestablished because he realized that that's who he was supposed to be. Right, right, that's exactly. Neat. And I was uh, intrigued by uh, Jesus asking, "What shall I do for thee?" Right. He's like, "Okay, he's blind." <laughs> <You know? laughs> Certainly, Jesus, you know, had the inside of the universe. Right. He he knew the guy's heart. He knew it was there. So, what was the point? Um, and and really, I think it has to do with this Sha'al concept of asking of God, of participating, of, of interacting with him, and not just expecting God to shower upon us, you know, blessings, right. but to really uh, understand our identity and saying, you know, I, I, I see what you're doing. I hear in your spirit, give me this mountain. Give me this place that you have assigned to me. Right. You know, um, so it, it's a interactive. It's a participation with what God is doing, and and it is really um, about partnership. Right. And yeah. And it also left no question to the spiritual realm of what this this man's desire was. Right. That this was not just a misunderstanding or just a like. You know, just assume, like what Larry said, of course he needs a sight, but he was actually making a prophetic declaration to the realm mm-hmm. when, he, when he said what he wanted, because he wasn't just saying, uh, give me my sight so I can see again. Right, my physical vision. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, the word he used was the one that says, I want to recover my identity in, in God, who he made me to be. Which, it all starts with a voice. Right. So he had to partner his voice, like Dad was saying. He had to shawl to start the process of what he knew the Father wanted from the beginning. I mean, this was an appointed moment in accordance with the ways of the Father from the beginning of time, because and it came to pass, Jeremiah, you know. Right. This was a very strategic point, but he had to partner in it. He had to partner in it, right. Well, and when he partnered, you can tell because the atmosphere changed. You know, you have, when the people, uh, I'm probably jumping ahead, but it says, uh, as he glorified God, all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Right, and so, before that, they were telling, be quiet, be quiet. Right, it was like, hush, <laughs> what are you doing? Quit, quit being noisy. And then all of a sudden, he broke forth into, you know, his prophetic vision, you know, what he had declared, received, and then as he as that um, fulfillment became reality, the atmosphere changed. Right. And as this is something from the beginning of time, you realize this was what God was looking for in this moment was to change the atmosphere, not just for this man, but for the realm, his the, the very histemi which which he had been standing for. Right. And awaiting, and here's the breakthrough that came. Exactly. May I just reiterate what Adrian said for our newer saints that are listening this morning, how, how critical it is for our voices to openly declare what, what God is doing and what we're asking of him 
and that it's it's not enough to just think it inside because it it moves mountains it shakes right. the earth right. it it brings on the atmospheres of what we're asking and it it sets things in motions and unlocks things and it's so it's very critical that we use he gave us our voices for that for that extreme purpose for that specific not extreme that specific purpose you know of of partnering in that way and so even if what you're saying is just not just get the words here even if if what you're declaring is in is in uh, tongues and you don't even understand that's still such a critical thing that you speak it out right. because it is doing things in the realm that anything else would be less right which is why it's so important important that uh, we speak words of life and that we call things that aren't as though they are <laughs> like Adrian said, it starts with the voice, but it was his choice to listen. Right. That was the, he who, who has ears, let him hear. Right. So there's our beginning step for the partnership. And we always have a choice. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. Y'all are good. <laughs> okay, so oh, we're going to go. I just go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> you started now. I was just interrupting because I could. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody gave me the mic. <laughs> Someone that would say, take that mic from him. <laughs> Hi, Annette. We're conversing. <laughs> okay. So, um, then God had me uh, look at the Spirit of God chart. And I feel like God is showing us how vital it is right now for us to be aware of the enemy tactics, that we must be keeping a watchful eye, safeguarding our minds, souls, and spirits, and to be in that spiritual defensive mode, not out of fear or anger, but to be proactive. One of our directives for this year has been that we welcome the presence of God into every aspect of our lives. It is more than just welcoming. It's a yearning for that closeness and the secrets of his heart. And his word, studying his word, is, is our guide. <clears throat> so the reason for the next part that we're going to talk about is more of a equipping even though I'm going to talk about the principalities within the Council of Seven, that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is the presence of God and how each one of these spirits, that it's a preparing for us. So, first one is Leviathan, and it's to, he promotes, it's not, this is not on your, this is, I didn't put his stuff on your picture. <laughs> his stuff, <laughs> to promote and sustain economic growth using evil, racial, racial sensitivities, idiosyncrasies, and separation. He works closely with Behemoth. This creature is responsible for guarding over the territories of the enemy. His troops are frontline warriors as they vehemently oppose the forward progression of the saints. Together, they anchor the opposing ends of the spectrum of the seven spirits as Leviathan opposes the spirit of judgment and burning. So I'm going to read Isaiah 4, 2 through 6. In that day 
shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. <clears throat> and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and under her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and a place for refuge for, the, the, for a covert from the storm and from rain. <laughs> so I, I put all the words that's in verse, in verse 3. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that branch of the Lord is beautiful and glorious. This is so true, and that the fruit of the earth shall be excellent. So this holy, we all know about what holy means, and that those that are holy are committed to that perfect purpose of God. And Adonai is the word, um, is the Lord in verse 4. Um, and it's the God who positions us to achieve his desired outcome according to our created calling and assignment. He shall wash away the filth by the judgment and burning. He shall cleanse and restore. Truth will be uncovered. Judgment and burning results in proper application, quickening of, of the way for... Sorry. Judgment and burning results in proper application, quickening the way for the glory to come. When his initial purpose begins to function properly... The glory of God moves in what he originally intended for his kingdom. What the enemy stole is returned. What he broke is repaired. And what he caused to be lost is found. We welcome his judgment, his perfect intentions for us, and his kingdom, and his burning. His perfect intentions for us and his kingdom. <laughs> and we welcome the burning, the passion and empowerment needed to accomplish his intent. We seek him for continued ways of dying to self so we continually remain in alignment with his purposes. We abide in his presence, submitting everything that we are to him, and we walk in empowerment, strength, and victory. And move on to Beelzebub, unless anybody has something to say. Okay, Beelzebub. Manager of outpost, resistance of new things, unclean spirits to block momentum or forward progress, a twisted of supply, a twisting of supply. He is able to advise strongholds as to strategies of strength and maintenance and works hard to stop the flow of promotion and growth by hindering or blocking. the reception of supply to a church or movement. He also knows how to bring corruption and division within the body of Christ. 
This principality works in opposition to the spirit of grace and supplication. Grace comes through supplication, without relationship and resupply from the presence of the Lord. There is nothing for this entity to do but recycle what he has already experienced and known. And that's, that's the difference, because we're not staying there. We're, we're continuing, moving, always moving forward. So in Zechariah 12.10 says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him, and one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. While we know on the surface that grace is kindness, compassion, extending a blessing to the unworthy, we know that that is only a small part of grace. Grace is a joyful and continual promotion of advancement, of being lifted higher in God. It is a process of continual spiritual growth, stepping into the new, and moving toward what we are supposed to be. Grace is always in conjunction with supplication. Supplication is our commune with God as a partner regarding a point of assignment. This type of prayer is contingent upon a relationship with God and a desire to accomplish his will. The word shall look in verse 10 is nabat, and it is to look intently to regard with pleasure, favor, or respect. Zechariah what did they do? speaks. Okay, Zechariah speaks of mourning the sun and is in bitterness for the firstborn. We willingly give all that we are to God while keeping our hearts in a place of humility. We know the importance of not allowing offense and bitterness to enter into our house. So abiding in his presence, there will be promotion, empowerment, and growth. Okay. Prince of the power of the air. Wrath, children of disobedience, mindsets, distrust of authority. His His job is to keep the faithful from receiving fresh insight and revelation. He is also entrusted with captivating the minds of believers, filling their passions with placebo and nothingness. He is literally the prince of empty space. He is in direct opposition of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Working in tandem with Wormwood, he preys upon rejection and disobedience. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the work of his mighty power. Remaining resolutely devoted to God is how we overcome. Relationship and obtaining knowledge is how we will be strengthened and equipped. God wants to give us wisdom. All we have to do is ask for it. 
Pressing forward in our love for him will enlighten the eyes of our understanding and our discernment. Revelation is when God shares and reveals his mysteries in his chronos time frame, that measure of time covering a specific span of time. Kairos mysteries are for the specific moment in time. The desire of his heart for us is that we have exactly what we need to be victorious. Our obedience in each season, each moment is imperative. Apocalypsis is translated as the lid off of a container or hidden place to look inside, implying that something hidden is being revealed. The prefix apo means to take something away or to go from the sort from a source. The apostle is to take a message from God and go forth and proclaim and impart it. The word calypto is formed from a combination of klepto and crypto. We know that a kleptomaniac has the urge to steal. It's a way of life for them. We know that the crypto speaks of that secret hidden point of vulnerability within us. It is a component of our identity. God communes with us in this secret place. Our willingness to spend time with him and our desire to seek him for that purpose in his perfect timing is when he reveals and develops those points of our divine identity. Notice that in verse 19 has four of the five power words. For us that believe, who have entrusted our spiritual well-being and have committed ourselves to this walk of faith, we sit at the right hand of God where we are empowered to all things according to him. Abiding in his presence, what, what may have been stolen by the enemy will be taken back. We will learn his mysteries, his will, and how to apply it. Through our vulnerability to him, those secret places of our identities will be brought into the light, or will be brought to light. <laughs> I was just saying how this secret place uh, really speaks of um, something that is, is not known by anybody else but us and the Father. And so it, there's a protection there. there there's a, uh, um, a, 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 it's kind of like a top secret um, giving of, of information and a direction according to our gifting. Because the enemy is always about trying to take and twist our giftings and cause them to go for something other than what God says. So the, the key to, to being pure in that gifting is to only receive what comes from that secret place in our commune with the Father. Um, and and this, is, um, this is something that uh, gives us confidence to move forward in, in what, we, what we see and what we hear and, and how we ask of him for, for what is before us, where we are asking for that mountain, where we are asking for that mountain to be removed, where we are uh, asking for the, the fullness of the kingdom to be established as we step into breakthrough. Um, it, it comes from that secret place. It's not, it, it's, it's not known by the enemy. It's, it's been covered. And, and that is a... a that that is a a, a point of of um, 
security for us, uh, you know, and, and to realize this enables us to speak those, those prophetic words of life uh -huh. without doubt that, oh, maybe this came from me or not from God. Right. You know? uh, and, and that's, that's the point of the enemy saying, oh, that, that was just you. That wasn't God. He, you know, you, you've missed the mark. You, you've not said the right thing. You're, you're messing it all up and, and it destroys our confidence in our relationship. But to realize that, that God is speaking to us in that secret place means the enemy is not privileged to what's going on. Great. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it that way. That's, that's very encouraging, mm -hmm. you know, because even, you know, like, even teaching, I start out where I'm thinking, okay, I know this is what you want, God, and then there's that brief moment of, I'm not doing what you're supposed to do, you know, and you can't, we can't allow that. We have to know that that secret place like you said, is, is private between us and God, and that what he said in that vulnerable place is what is to be, and not what we hear from outside voices, <laughs> or possibly don't hear. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, I was just looking at 19 and, and, and realizing that that's, that's the that's the fulfillment of what comes from the wisdom and revelation, which is so cool that we have this surpassing influence of his of how to function, of his function in us and through us. Right. As we're positioned, because we're positioned at the right hand. And all of that is brings on this efficiency of his um his basically continental dominion. It's what allows us to take dominion over the footstool. So that's a huge promise. Yes. That comes from an assurance. Right. That comes from from submitting ourselves and yielding ourselves to his wisdom, taking in his light and applying his revelation in our lives and letting it become the light that shines forth. Right. So the next one is Wormwood. Bitterness, fury, twisted passion, witchcraft like tendencies directly opposing the spirit of prophecy, life, and supply, Wormwood simply exemplifies the false prophetic and is connected with witchcraft. Corrupted prophetic is at work in sorcery and with curses and spells. In Revelation 19.10, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and thy brethren that have testimony of Jesus, worship God. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We know that worship is when we lie down to kiss the hand of our master, and that there is power in the demonstration of this humble act of devotion. This is an encouraging, enlightening place of communion with God. This word see is horeo, and it means to discern, see clearly, clearly, perceive, behold, take heed. And testimony is martria, which is willing to lay down their lives for the lives of the calling of God. And that's, that's who we are. We are willing to lay down our lives in order to do what he calls us to do, asks us to do. When we proskuneo, we submit ourselves fully to the purpose of God. Our focus is to lay down our life and to die to self 
so we will be changed and become more like Jesus. God reveals those things to us that need to be removed or changed or expanded within us so that his purposes are activated and fulfilled. Abiding in his presence, selflessly committing all and who we are to him and his ways brings abundant life. This will bring powerful effectiveness and continual supply in applying the power, of, the power God has entrusted to us against sin and his kingdom. Abiding in his presence, our words of exhortation, edification, and comfort are inspired and guided by the spirit of prophecy. <coughs> Antichrist, Belial. Tearing away foundation, unteachable, unwillingness to accept and overlook the unimaginable for the benefit of the cause. Poses the spirit of holiness and adoption. Antichrist is moving in a desperate attempt, I like that, desperate attempt, to stop the development of ongoing demonstration of the ministry of the saints. Also, also spoken of as Belial within the Old Testament, Belial means wickedness, worthlessness, and without profit. This influence will do anything to keep people from being Christ-like and to keep the saints from dying to self. Romans 1.4 And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus came into this world as the first begotten Son of God, this identity was declared over him from the very beginning. As the Son of God with dunamis, he is the example for us. The spirit of holiness and the spirit of, is the spirit of saintliness. <clears throat> and as saints, we, and as saints, we stand before God ready to go forth in righteousness and purpose. The anastasis insist upon bringing something back to a point of order and to the will of God. Resurrection power speaks of the authority to restore something to its original identity or function. Jesus was resurrected, and he also possessed the power to raise people from the dead. As adopted sons, we carry God's breath within our hearts. Holy Spirit moves through us and guides us, we are dedicated to being pure in heart and to the process of grace-filled promotion. Abiding in his presence, we remain passionate and active in our walk as saints. We advance in righteous purpose, and we look to our older brother Jesus as he leads us in this process. The prince, God of this world, the God, prince of this world, Globalism, connecting world system, resurrection, resurrecting battle. Specializing in iniquity and in continued pursuit of mediocrity, the prince of this world looks to iniquity in the believer in order to strike where he is most vulnerable to manipulate. The entire aim of this creature is to make the world the sum total of existence for mankind. Humanism in all of its forms, is the religion of the prince of this world. Humanism adopts whatever person, whatever a person thinks and desires and is the apex of their existence. 
It is in direct opposition of the spirit of glory and the presence of God. So in 1 Peter 4, 14, If ye be reproached by the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken, but on your part he is glorified. This scripture tells us that if we are reproached, reviled for the name of Christ, we need to count it as a blessing because the spirit of glory rests upon us. The glory will supply us with everything we need. His spirit will lead us, it will guide us, protect us, and cover us. We continue to progress in our development as saints. We submit to his correction and refinement. There is repentance, cleansing, and thanksgiving. We come prepared to be in his presence and commune with him. We look for him in the secret place and partner with him. We come before him with a pure heart and complete devotion to him. When, this, when his glory and presence, when you are in his glory and presence is when you lose track of that time. You draw so close to him in this manner that all distractions go away. They've been laid down and we are prepared to do whatever it takes for however long it takes to allow him to fill us with those hidden revelations. It's like the world that is <clears throat> all twisted does not even exist. Abiding in God's presence of complete devotion to him, agape is found in the secret place of his heart. And he entrusts us with knowing his will. Behemoth. Mystery of Babylon, Worldwide Dominion, Communication. He works in opposition to the spirit of truth and sonship. He flows in tandem with Leviathan and manifests himself under the sign of the pyramid, usually with some hint of rainbow and all-seeing eye. He attempts to emulate the eyes of the Lord, worldwide dominion, encompassing mysteries, communication, and dissemination authority are all trademarks of his operation. So I'm going to read John 4.17 and then John 16.13. Even in the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. John 16.13. Howbeit when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and what he shall, and he will show you things to come. Jesus said, "The world cannot know him, or see him, or receive him. We are in this world, but we're not of it. He dwells within us, and we are privileged to know him. As sons, our intercession must be focused on his thoughts and ways, and on his truths. We must be disciplined in our spiritual walk." This is where we will know and perceive, to know and see and hear the insights of his truth. Our mind, our will, and our emotions must be relinquished. We have been given the authority to go and do on behalf of the Lord. We must know him, his truth, and what he is saying in order to do this. 
Our relationship with him is one of being committed to his ways and remaining in alignment with his word. We know that there is always something to come, the coming of people, events, or a thing. Dwelling in his presence, we will know him and receive truth and a commissioning to go forth in power in the power of sonship, and we will know when to say to others, come. God was showing me that these different aspects of and how being in his presence moves in a line upon flow of his seven spirits and the importance of being in his presence in all of them. Victory is his, and his presence within us will ensure that we are victorious. Go ahead. May I have one thing? Um, going back to your very first scripture in James 4, 8. Uh-huh. I, I love that because really that's, that's the basis of everything else that you just explained in mm -hmm. his seven spirits. Because if, if we prioritize being in his presence, even in the midst of that pressure that is squeezing us, you know, and making us feel like we don't have time or we, we can't, whatever, whatever, whatever is put in that <laughs> blank. Yeah. Everybody's got something. We, we don't feel like it, you know, our, our health or whatever. Um, <clears throat> God promises that he will break through those tight spots and be with us in every one of those, right. that function of his spirits. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you look at this as a beginning son or saint and think, okay, I need to come. But this is an ongoing thing right. that if we will continue to make his presence our top priority, then he will make us the top priority in the partnership of what we're okay. serving him in. Yep. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. So one more scripture that I didn't put on your paper and it's, sorry. <laughs> it's Revelation 1 4. So you can look it up if you want. I'll give you a second. But it's it's some and it's not I'm not reading yeah, go to your go to your electronic Bible. <laughs> and it's just something that um that I want to declare over all of us. Okay. Grace be unto us and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Amen. Amen. Amen.